I'm Katie Marenghi, and this is No Matter, the podcast where we start IUI. Finally. Okay, so it's a sunny Tuesday morning. We just got back from our honeymoon last week, and it's time for my first monitoring appointment. I'm walking over to the fertility clinic. I walk over to our fertility clinic. It's a bright, clean office with modern furniture and large windows. The person behind the front desk directs me to the blood draw station. There are a few other women waiting, and I choose a seat on a sleek, modern chair that shields me from viewing them getting poked. When it's my turn, I look away as the medical assistant ties off a tourniquet on my arm. She's skilled, so she means it when she says it'll just be a pinch. Ugh, I still hate it, though. I get a bright pink Band-Aid, and I'm sent to an exam room. The friendly nurse tells me to undress from the waist down. There's a crinkly paper I use to cover myself. Dr. Sutton comes in with the nurse and performs a transvaginal ultrasound. It's that one that's like all up in my vagina. Honestly, everything on the ultrasound looks like a fuzzy blob, but Dr. Sutton points out my uterus and my ovaries. And then that afternoon, I get a call from the nurse. And I'm just waiting by the phone. We're ready to start our first IUI cycle. So what does that mean? So for us, it means I start medication. We just went to the pharmacy. And how would you describe the bag that we got. I was a little alarmed when they handed us a bag that looked like it had like shoe boxes in it. It was a huge bag. It looked like we had been like shopping. <laughs> we basically were. Um, the unboxing of our crazy big bag. The unboxing. So starting at the beginning, um, we have letrozole, which is what I have to take now. Okay. It's five pills that are going to increase my estrogen so that I start ovulating, something I am not currently doing. We also got a very large box that is a sharps box, which means it is needles and ways to dispose of needles. Um, I'm too scared to open that one, um, but it's for the shot that you are going to have to give me <laughs> when um, I'm ready to ovulate. Kind of crazy they give us a whole giant sharps box for one shot. Yeah, just in case it takes a long time. Um, and then we got progesterone vaginal suppositories. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> because I'm the one putting them in my vagina. <laughs> I would totally do it for emotional support, but I don't <laughs> think it's going to be very helpful. They start me on a small dose of letrozole. It is so tiny. You've got to fill my water up for me. Drum roll. It is such a little tiny pill for the emotional weight that I'm putting on it right now. <laughs> I took the pill. Oh my god. That's day one. That's day one. Holy shit. I take it once a day for five days. Do you feel any side effects? Honestly, no. It feels like a little anticlimactic, to be honest. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I know. Yeah, true. And then they bring me back in for monitoring. What are they looking for at this point? They're basically watching my body get ready to ovulate. 
So when you ovulate, a follicle grows on your ovary and then releases an egg. So they're kind of watching those follicles grow. And you're seeing this on the ultrasound? Yeah. So they show me my ovaries and I can see these dark blobs attached to them. Those are the follicles. Dr. Sutton measures them on the ultrasound and we're looking for one or two to be at least 18 millimeters in like diameter, like size. That seems pretty big. Yeah. That's like roughly the size of a penny. That's crazy. What's the blood work for? So the blood work measures my hormone levels, which kind of indicate when my body is about to ovulate. Basically, it's this fine line where we want my body to get super, super close to ovulating, but not actually ovulate before we're ready. The conditions have to be just right. Exactly. (laughs) Which means going to the clinic. I'm walking over to the fertility clinic. Getting my blood drawn. Ugh, I still hate it though. A transvaginal ultrasound. It's that one that's like all up in my vagina. And then a call from my nurse. And I'm just waiting by the phone. Giving me an updated protocol. And then I go in for monitoring again. I'm walking. Ugh, I still hate it. All up in my vagina. Waiting by the phone. And again. I'm walking. Ugh, I still hate all it. All up in my vagina. Waiting by the phone. And again. I'm walking. Ugh, I still hate all it. All up in my vagina. Waiting by the phone. Until finally. Oh, ah, okay. It's happening. It's happening. The nurse says it's time to take the trigger shot. I can't believe you're actually giving yourself a shot i know i hate it (laughs) are you sure you don't want me to do it no i don't know it's like a control thing like it feels less scary if i'm controlling it i don't know it makes sense oh you're so brave oh thank you they gave me a very specific time to do the trigger shot because this shot basically starts my ovulation and they need to time it perfectly to when i actually go in for my iui procedure it's 9 58 p.m And Katie has the needle ready and is waiting for her 10 p.m. shot. The needle is actually so tiny. So you, what, sanitize the area? Yeah, I wipe down a patch of skin just below my belly button with an alcohol wipe. Are you feeling ready? Okay, yes, doing it. Okay, that wasn't bad. You did it! Let's get you some chocolate. Yeah. And then 33 hours later, we're getting in our car and driving to our IUI procedure. Yeah, so the context is our clinic only does procedures in their Manhattan office because they don't yet have licenses to store sperm in their new Brooklyn office. Who knew you needed a license for sperm? Wild. (laughs) (laughs) Did you already say the thing about defrosting the sperm? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we have to call an hour in advance so they can thaw the sperm. That is so crazy to think about. We are driving down... Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. Allison is driving me because I don't drive. Um, and also <laughs> because you're actually allowed to come to this appointment. I'm very excited. Yeah. So we're going for our first IUI. Oh my God. <laughs> Could you sleep last night? No, not at all. I feel like it was like Christmas Eve, but in like a weird gay married way. (laughs) I can't believe this is finally happening. We've been talking about this since like our second date. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a really long time. (laughs) Okay, so it is a nice sunny morning. We are a little bit sleepy because we went to a really fun wedding over the weekend. I was joking to some 
friends and family that it would it worked out well with the timing because we had a lot of fun at this wedding and <laughs> drank a lot of rosé. That would not have been possible if we were already done at UI. Phoebe was just looking out. Yeah. I know. Thanks, little babes. The location is on the Upper East Side, a block away from Bloomingdale's, and like the Brooklyn location, it's just really nice. We are by far the most excited people in the waiting room. We can hardly sit still. They call me back to the lab where they show me a vial of sperm, and Al, it was such a small amount of sperm, like a literal thimbleful. For literally $1,000. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Okay, so they had me identify the sperm, like match the number on the vial to the donor number from the cryobank. And then they had me sign approximately 1 million forms saying, this is the correct sperm. I am the correct person to be inseminated with this correct sperm, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I'm glad they check. Totally. And then I come back out to the waiting room and a nurse calls us back. Into just a normal exam room. Like, I don't know why I thought it would be like a different room. Yeah, it's just an exam room. And then the nurse has me fill out a bunch of paperwork again, like... This is the sperm. Confirm this is the correct sperm. Confirm you are the correct person. I had to show my driver's license. (laughs) (laughs) And then the doctor comes in. Yeah. And it's not Dr. Sutton, sadly, because he is not in the Manhattan office today. But that's okay. This doctor has me lay on my back on the exam table like usual. But, and this is the most surprising thing to me that nobody told me. No lube. They can't use lube on the speculum. And if you're someone listening who hasn't had a gynecological exam, the speculum is like a metal, it's like a metal device that opens, you know how like pliers open if okay, yeah, sorry, this is graphic. It basically opens up your vagina for an exam. I'm literally cringing. I know. And it's it's like never pleasant, but usually they put lube on it so it at least isn't like painful. But apparently lube kills sperm, which, like, don't tell that to teenagers. Yeah, like, if we have any teen listeners, that is not an effective form of birth control. Definitely not. But I guess in our case, we're doing absolutely everything we can to give this literal thimble full of sperm the best chance of making a baby. So they put the speculum in. Yes, they put the speculum in. They put in a catheter, basically like a long skinny tube, up into my uterus Um, which didn't really hurt. I could barely feel it. Um, And then they pushed the sperm through that tube. Kind of like those long water slides, you know, like you see in commercials for Great Wolf Lodge. (laughs) I am literally never going to look at those commercials in the same way again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the actual moment was like, a little anticlimactic, right? Yeah, totally. I would say that was like 90% paperwork. 10% like actual procedure. Yeah. And then after the sperm goes in, I just lie there on my back for 10 minutes. And okay. So how are you feeling at this point? I'm just so excited. Yeah. Like holding hands, smiling. Near tears, honestly. I I got really emotional. And now we wait. Yes. We have to wait two weeks for a pregnancy test. And during this two week wait, I have to act like I'm pregnant in the hopes that like, you know, I actually am. So no alcohol, no deli meats, limit my exercise. And just try not to think about whether we're actually pregnant. Yeah, this is going to be the hardest two weeks ever. Yep. After the break, Allison and I answer one of the most frequently asked questions we get. 
How much does this all cost and how exactly are we paying for it? Okay, so we have to start this by saying we are extremely lucky and very privileged. Yes. The health insurance I have through work does cover fertility treatments, and more importantly, they cover it for gay couples. Yeah, this is where we got super lucky. Um, just a couple years ago, New York State passed a law that prohibits discrimination in healthcare on the basis of sexuality. And then just months before we reached out to our fertility clinic, a lesbian couple in New York City sued our insurance company in order to receive equal treatment in fertility care. Right, because the way the policy was written before, in order for us to receive fertility coverage, um, a couple had to prove infertility by having 12 failed attempts at conception. In a row. In a row. So for straight couples, this meant 12 attempts at sex, which, like, how would they even check or enforce that? But for gay couples, it means you had to do IUI 12 times before insurance would even cover any fertility care at all. And without insurance, IUI can easily be a few thousand dollars per cycle on like the absolute low end. Yeah. So queer couples would have to spend like, let's call it 60K before any insurance would kick in. So the couples suing the insurance company were basically pointing out that this breaks the New York state law because it is discriminatory for queer couples. So right in the nick of time, this lawsuit resolves and our insurance company approves coverage for our fertility treatments. When we called to verify our coverage, the customer service agents we spoke to had not even been aware of this change. I mean, I'm sure that's not an accident. It isn't in the insurance company's best interest to make it easy for us to access coverage. Right. So... Finally, we got someone to verify our coverage. We have unlimited cycles of IUI covered and three lifetime cycles of IVF. But in order for IVF to be covered, we needed to complete six cycles of IUI. We're also very fortunate that I have access to a fertility benefit called Carrot. Uh, since my work's health insurance doesn't actually have fertility coverage, they set up an employer-sponsored financial benefit for fertility treatments for all couples. Um, basically it's like an HSA, uh, we get reimbursed for out of pocket fertility costs up to $25,000. Yeah. So anytime we mention a cost here that is being reimbursed to us up to that $25,000 limit. Okay. So Al, I'm going to read off all our expenses for this cycle of IUI and you tell us how much we spent out of pocket. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a fun game. <laughs> Okay, so you need at least one vial of sperm per cycle of IUI. So how much is one vial of sperm? $950. Uh, sperm is not covered by insurance. Yes. And then we had to ship that sperm to our clinic ahead of our procedure. $180 for shipping. Yes. And since our clinic recommended we send them more than one vial of sperm, we ended up paying for storage for the extra vial at the clinic. Another $60 a month. I went in for monitoring appointments nine times. So $50 copay on each visit, that's $450. Letrozole to make me ovulate. $22. And the trigger shot to release the egg. $45. My copay for the actual IUI procedure. $32.32, which is actually kind of funny. Yeah, $32.32. I love it. 
And my copay for the pregnancy test. Okay, this one was like so expensive for what it is. $26.27. Yeah, $26.27. Also very specific. Okay, so in total, that is... $1,365 out of pocket. So even with, quote, everything covered by insurance, we are spending over $1,000 out of pocket for one cycle of IUI. Yep. It's still a lot of money. Next time on No Matter, we take a pregnancy test. Thanks for listening to No Matter. This podcast was produced by me, Katie Marenghi, with original music by Andrew Bunyay. We want to hear from you. If you have questions or are interested in sharing your story about becoming a parent, please email us at nomatterpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. It really does help new listeners find us. You can learn more about us and how to support the show at nomatterpod.com. in progress. <laughs> My god, you have a good voice for that. Thank you.